Welcome to The Farm Project, where a group of ex-members and concerned loved ones take a deep dive into the Christian nonprofit organization based in Holden, Missouri called Harvest Home, Our Father's Farm. We want to caution our listeners, especially ex-farm members, that this episode comes with a trigger warning. This episode also comes with a disclaimer that the information presented and opinions expressed are solely our own. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Farm Project. This is um, another episode and it's one where we're gonna dive into a document, a newsletter that was sent to us anonymously from somebody uh, who has been at the the farm. Um, and so we kind of are just gonna jump right into this. This is something that, uh, like I said, came in anonymously and there's some things we just want to discuss about it and go over. Um, and so if we're able to, we'll make sure to share this with you guys so you can see it as well. Um, but just to give you a brief overview of the newsletter, it comes straight from the farm, Harvest Home, um, our father's farm. And we're assuming this just goes out to anybody that's in their email chain for this stuff. And uh, basically, they they stay a bit, a little bit of like a message, give some, give some information, um, talk about attachment styles, um, certain things like that. And it's, it's something that I even uh, was talking to Fran about. And it just sounds a lot like Rhonda when she's when she's feeling a little confused or, or out of control and these kinds of things keep like kind of pop up. Um, and so first things first, we don't want to just assume that this is directed towards us or that, you know, we're so like high on their list that, you know, uh, were their target or anything like that. That's not what we're, where we want to come from. Uh, we just want to be able to walk through this, show you guys something that came straight from the farm. Um, and once we read this next section, uh, we'll just kind of discuss what, you know, I guess what our thoughts are on it. Um, and so with that being said, I will go ahead and just read it. There's a section in there that says important notice in all caps. And it says, Dear friends, after much prayer, our board of directors believe it is wise to respond to a spiritual battle that has been raging for many months. Harvest Home and its leadership is the target of some false accusations and misleading information. The things being said about us are simply not true. It has also been brought to our attention that many people who are or were connected to our father's farm are being contacted, questioned, and told things about us that are untrue. The board of directors 100% deny the accusations and lies that are being spread on social media and other means. We acknowledge that this is a spiritual battle and do not consider any person our enemy. We are fervently praying for those who have announced their goal is to destroy this ministry and its leaders. Please pray for us. Please pray for those who are committed to our destruction. The battle is real, but so is our God. And then they quoted um, Ephesians 6, 12. Um, and said, if you have questions, don't hesitate to contact Danny, um, one of the leaders there. So, you know, there's kind of a lot there and we are, like I said, we're not here to just assume this is about us. However, it, it feels pretty, uh, pretty close to home. I mean, that is what we're, uh, doing in a sense, we're not targeting them by any means, but we are here to speak the truth and to bring awareness to what's going on there. Uh, and if that's how they see it, that's how they see it. Um, but so our first thing to kind of bring to attention um, is that we uh, wanted to think as we just want to bring the Bible into all this. We want to make sure that we're being uh, biblically sound and we're having 
a heart of love in the midst of this uh, because it is easy to to do it differently. Um, and so our first thing was that um, with with something like this, you would assume you know leaders, especially people who uh, follow Christ or say they do, would confront or come to the person causing them harm or uh, doing something against them, like they said, targeting them. That they would confront them and talk to them because if we uh, I want to bring up Matthew 18, uh, 15 through 17, and I'll just read it to you guys so you have it verbatim. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you and you have gained your brother, but if he does, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Um, that's Matthew 18, 15 through 17. And so what we want to bring up here is that we've never once had anybody from the farm come and, and contact us, ask to talk. Um, I think that and vice versa, we have had um, people that we have uh, uh, personal experience from that have gone to try to talk to them or have tried to call them, contact them. They didn't listen. They didn't want anything to do with it. They brought other people along, um, pastors, other family members that have, have tried to go in and confront them and just try to figure out what's going on here. And then, like I said, uh, pastors have been involved. So that's the church, right? And a community of, of believers who are backing these other people have, have tried to have conversations with them and it's gotten nowhere. So that's why we're here right now. This is stuff that happened even before the farm project uh, became, came to be. And so we want to kind of reiterate that and say that we have tried to do those things and we want to do it correctly. Like we want to do it um, as close as we can to literally what Jesus would do if he were here and how he wants to handle that. Um, and yeah, and yet we've never had, we've never been contacted by them. Um, they've never come to ask questions as far as we're aware. Uh, and so that's just something we want to bring up first and foremost. So it is a little, it's a little, uh, I guess, frustrating when, you know, and like I said, if this isn't against us, then that's a whole nother thing, I guess, entirely. However, it, it seems like it's probably <laughs> lining up pretty well to what we're doing. So we just want to reiterate that. Well, we're, I mean, we're not the only ones that have had stuff out there, you know, about the farm. So it could literally be about multiple people, but we're going to acknowledge this as if it were directed to us in a way and just acknowledge. Um, but to your point, people have tried to confront the farm. The farm project exists because no other method worked. And so I believe that there is strength in numbers. And so when we formed our nonprofit, it was a way for people to share their stories and for us to be able to get those stories out there um, because a lot of people were still afraid to, to speak on their experiences. So um, we have, at least we as a collective, the Farm Project and whoever else has contacted us, there have been people who've tried to kind of make peace with the leadership um, at the farm with no success. And that's why we exist. Uh, and in terms of leadership, their board of directors, um, on record, the people that are on their board are Danny and Rhonda um, and three other leaders who live on the farm. And I can be witness to that because 
I lived there. And when we were introduced to the board, it was these individuals who founded the farm, who live on the farm um, and are pastoral care counselors on the farm. You know, they live and breathe, eat, sleep the farm. They live there. So it's kind of hard to hear that message of board of directors because I used to work uh, in a nonprofit where I had to have board of directors keep me accountable and they weren't my friends. I can tell you that much. They weren't my friends. They were people in the community that were handpicked by multiple people. Um, there was a, an exhaustive interview, interview process um, and they, some of them, I, they were strangers to me. And we would just meet once a month to discuss, you know, what we need to discuss. And, and they held me accountable where it needed to be held accountable. And that's, that's what the board of directors are there. But if all of the board of directors that are on your board or the, the people on your board, if they're just your friends, then you kind of lose credibility because who is holding you accountable? Hmm. Yeah. And honestly, to just the way it's worded that says after much prayer, our board of directors believe it is wise to respond to a spiritual battle that has been raging on for many months. Like she's kind of acting as if she's not a part of that. And she is. Yeah. And the whole spiritual battle thing to me frustrates me because it's so easy to make everything against you a spiritual battle. You know, it's the same thing if there was malpractice and you had surgery and something went wrong and me accusing the doctor of doing something wrong, all of a sudden it's it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle, prayed away. And it's like, no, you have to confront these accusations at some point. And so to me, I want to flip that. No, this isn't spiritual battle. These are the consequences of your actions. You have hurt people. People have come forward to accuse you of things because they've lived it. And not one accusation is different than the last one. They're all the same. So after mm. a, a, a certain point in time, you have to look at it in humility and say, maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe I've misinterpreted something wrong um, or something that's not correct or biblically, biblically sound. And so I put my shoes, mm. like I was a teacher for a long time. If a kid came to me and accused me of making him feel, let's say dumb the entire year, I'm not gonna go and say, oh, this is a spiritual battle. Bye, like I'm not gonna acknowledge it. No, as someone who first believes in Christ and loves and tries to love like Jesus, I'm going to take that as, wait a minute, I made somebody feel a certain way that's negative. I want to sit down with them, their parent, talk through how I can apologize, make it right and learn to where I don't do that to somebody else the next year, because that's what you do when you have Jesus at the center of everything. And right now it's all like, oh, it's just, there's no way I could ever do anything wrong. And that whole story is getting old. I'm sorry. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and to go off of that too, I mean, to say these things, uh, in my opinion, you're invalidating every single person's story that has been shared with us. You're saying that they're telling lies, that they don't, that um, what they're saying is untrue. You're literally, you're denying their whole experience, which is theirs. So it's not yours, that's theirs. And that's where I, I do, um, I just struggle with that because there are stories out there and it's just, it's not hard to see. Um, and I mean, Fran is one of those people. Fran literally was on the farm. She lived there. She was there. She's seen all these things. It, it, we're not just, we're not running around just making things up to try to make some noise. At this point, there's been voices that haven't been heard and that's why we're here. And so therefore something like this, we're going to step up and speak on their behalf because we believe that they deserve that. Um, and so to kind of 
to 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 say this, you know, is yeah, I don't. It's hard to it's hard to read. Honestly, I think we've all we've we've had a hard time just even processing it. Well, I mean, it's a lack of accountability in a lot of, mm-hmm. and I hate to say this, that it's not just Rhonda and the farm pastors in certain churches. They refuse to take accountability, and it's like that is not humility at all. We all make mistakes, and there is no one who is more powerful than the next. Like. God is the mm-hmm. almighty. Uh, I'm not that. I'm a human being. That's it. I have no God blood flowing in my DNA. So I mm-hmm. am bound to make mm-hmm. mistakes. And sometimes when we are at the top, we're bound to be blinded by that because we are human and we do like certain people. They love attention. They love the power that comes with it. And that's when we need to check our heart. And that's why we need to have people around us holding us accountable to keep us centered in the truth, which is Christ. I was just going to bring something up too that even, um, like you said, like in, in church in general, in the faith community, we're not, if we stick within our own bubble of believers or of anything at all, if you stick within that bubble, that's all you're going to know. That's all you're going to hear. And, and like we said, with the board members, with the farm in general, they have such, they, it's the groupthink mentality. And we've, we've, we've shared that in other interviews. And if you go listen to those, we have those on our social media, but it's the groupthink mentality. And naturally, if you're in this bubble, that's all you know. So then how, like, in my opinion, my question would be for those board members, like, how do you even know you're doing it well? Because you're just surrounded by people with the same mentality, the same, and there's nothing wrong with having people around you who are like-minded. However, I think we all know that if that's the case all the time, you're never going to move beyond any boundaries. You're never going to, um, you're never going to learn new things. You're never going to see new things. And it, like I said, the accountability is just not there. They're not, they don't, I don't even know that they know um, just the difference between that inside world and the outside world. And in all the stories, Frank can attest, they don't want anything to do with the outside world, but then you're, you're going to be stuck in this bubble. So it's, that to me is, is hard too, because there's just going to be a huge bias there. And so then for the board to make these decisions, it's, I do, I question that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and a quick acknowledgement to, uh, since it's fresh is where they say, um, that it's been brought to their attention that people who were connected to the farm are being contacted questions and questioned and told things about the farm that are not true. Um, again, we don't know if they're talking about the farm project. They could be talking about literally anybody else because we're not the only ones that have shared stuff publicly. But if it is, the farm project has never, capital N, never contacted anybody to speak poorly of the farm. We have been contacted with stories and people have kind of like connected this person to this person. Like maybe you should talk to this person. And those connections were made. Not everybody that we made contact with wanted to talk to us, share their stories. There was never a force. There was never us bad-mouthing. Like, are you sure you don't want to share like how awful this place was? None of that. If somebody doesn't, you know, if somebody told us, oh, you should contact so-and-so, here's their info, and they don't want to talk to us, we don't talk to you. Like, we leave it at that. Mm. Uh, But Mm -hmm. to, to talk poorly about the farm with anybody else, like, that's just not what we have done like this started because there were so many people needing an outlet to share their story that we had to form something to give people that space when they're not yet ready to come forward and show their faces so that to me really pissed me off because it's like we are so not doing that 
I, we all have jobs here. Like I don't, I don't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's just, and it's one of those things that's really, it's, it's ironic to me because here's two so-called nonprofits and all we're doing, like at this point, like all you're doing is knocking heads with us. And how is that going to get anywhere? If you want to actually, if you want to preach what we're here on this earth to do, and that's to bring people to Jesus, that's to love people like Jesus did. That's, that's not what's happening. And, and that's like, that to me is, is, um, I don't know, it's just super unfortunate because if you're going to claim to be that, then, then by all means, let's live up to that. Um, and you know, and like mm-hmm. we've explained it several times and I don't even know that we need to really explain it again, but if you go back to our social media, if you go back to our podcast, you'll get to know us, go do that. Like by all, go get to know us. Don't, don't take this video, uh, you know, at just, I don't know, go and listen to what we've had to say, what we've shared and get to know us and then make a decision. We're not forced. We don't, that's the last thing we want to do is force people. Um, we want you to ask questions and, and the thought thing, the thing there is, you know, uh, yeah, I don't even know. Actually, I think I'm just frustrated. <laughs> well, to continue that frustration, I, I love this subtle tease of, and we don't consider any person, like basically the person who's opposing them, their enemy. And it's like, well, good. That's, that's great. Right. You're not our enemy. Like we're just speaking truth and people have been hurt by organization, by the practices that you have and the stuff that you preach are causing people more harm than good. So let's talk about it. But yeah, you're not our enemy. Like we know the enemy is not is not you it's the devil Mm. but somehow like the devil is working really really hard Mm. at continuing to hurt people and whether he's using you and your practices i can't speak to that but what i know is that it doesn't align with biblical principles and who jesus is yeah and even um let me see so uh we are fervently praying for those who have announced that their goal is to destroy this ministry and its leaders so, I mean, on that regard too, is we've never said that we want to destroy them. Um, do we want to expose like lies? Yes, 100%, but all Christians are called to do that. That's not just us. Um, and well, with that statement, I think the word that bothers me is fervently because fervently meaning like passionately, like we are, you know, we have our pitchforks and we're ready to destroy the farm. You can listen to all of our podcasts, are we angry? Yes. Is it exhausting to hear the awful stories that come that some aren't shared? Like everything that is on the website is not everything that we have. It's just stuff that we, you know, carefully have made sure that the person is okay with us sharing. But there are so many stories that we receive still and it makes us sick and it makes us angry. So yes, there is emotion behind that. But we've never sat here and said, like, we're going to destroy you. No. Do we want accountability? Yes. Do we want you to listen to these stories and have a freaking heart to say, maybe I've done something wrong? Um, There are families who are still suffering and hurting because they have loved ones that they can't reach. How is that okay? So, yeah, we are angry. Yeah, we are sick and tired of hearing these awful stories, not because it's affecting us, but it's because it's hurting people. And y'all are just sitting here like, we've done nothing wrong. We are a sanctuary of peace and love and hope and healing. Where? Where? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, um, I guess like, and you guys can go back and listen, as we've said, um, and you know, you know, my story. And when I read something like this, one, it, I don't think they quite understand like what it takes even for us on this end. And that's not to, to our own horn or, um, be egotistical. It's just that, like Fran said, like it is, it's, it's hard work. I mean, and, and it's because of something that just went wrong somewhere. Um, and all we're trying to do is, 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 I don't think that we can, we can't make that right. I think Jesus can, but like, we're going to do whatever we can to support these, these people who have been caught up in that. And so to read something like this, having somebody who I literally have not heard from in two years, who was my best friend, it hurts. Like that is, you don't, you don't take people away. Um, and that's what, that's what's been happening. And there's, there's so much more to that. Um, but you know, when you, the best way I can describe this, the feeling, and I don't know if any of you guys have felt this, if you have a loved one that's been in any situation like this, but it's like, you're grieving somebody who's still alive. And that, that is horrendous. And, um, so to read something like this and be thinking of the fact that all I want is my friend back. That's all I want. I don't even, I don't even care if she doesn't, I don't even care if she got out and didn't speak to me because she's hurt. Like, I, I don't, I just want her out of that situation. Like she deserves some more than that. And so does every single person there, including Rhonda and Danny. Like that is probably a, the hardest thing to say, but they also deserve love and grace. They deserve that too. Um, but this is just not, this is not the way to, to go about it. And it's just, it's heart wrenching, um, to even like be here having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Aubrey. I know that that's hard and we know that there are other people that are in that boat that are missing loved ones. I mean, and there's no other way to say it. Like they are missing loved ones because they're there is no way that you can call and say, hey, I just want to check in on my loved one. Like, are they okay? They don't do that. You can't call. You can't check up. They'll hang up on you. They'll just give you a lame excuse. So you don't even know. Like, there's a mystery of, like, where is my loved one? Like, I just want to know that they're okay. So here's what I want to know. I want to know where in the Bible it says that when somebody comes to you for help, you basically keep them to yourself and never let them go home because that's what's happening on the farm. Now, there could be this debate involving counseling where there are some relationships that require forgiveness, but reconciliation is not possible. And so I'm not talking about those relationships because I know that those exist. I'm talking more of the relationships where a family member goes to the farm to seek help because they're struggling with some stuff and that family never hears from this person again or the next time that they hear from them, the family member that's on the farm is acting strange, doesn't really want a relationship. That's what I'm talking about. That That's what I want to know. Like, where is that? Where mm. in the Bible does it say that that is okay to keep this person for your own agenda? But everything that you stand for and do is just so opposite of what Christ speaks on. And if we're supposed to be like him, then y'all are missing yeah. something yeah i agree at the end of this newsletter we noted or we saw that they're announcing the opening of like a discipleship school and for me this is a little triggering because obviously i live there 
I know I, I don't have the years that some people have put into this place, but I, there's so much to be said about this. Like this is, I would just hope that if somebody were considering this, they would maybe listen to some of our podcasts of what Rhonda teaches and believes in. Uh, read other people's stories. Obviously, if you want to go, you are free to go and do and learn from, you know, whoever, but I just know what comes with it. And many other individuals know what comes with it. And so I would just, there's a caution, like just maybe do a little bit of research because she even says, or they say in the newsletter that they'll be interviewing those interested. And this school isn't for the faint of heart, but I thought that choosing to follow Christ, obviously it's, it's not going to be an easy path, right? Because everybody would do it, but, but God doesn't come with a disclaimer. Following me isn't for the faint of heart. You know, it's his love is easy. It, it, it brings peace and joy. Like there isn't this, like, you better be ready. Cause I'm gonna put you through the ringer. Cause if that, if that were the case, then nobody would want to do it. It's like, wait a minute. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's alarming just because of what the stories that we've heard. And like Fran said, I'll reiterate that just go, go, uh, read those stories, listen to the podcast. If you can't read them. Um, something that stood out to me too, is that she, uh, I'm assuming this is Rhonda. Um, I'm pretty sure she signs off as that. Um, but it says that we believe we are in the end times um, and we'll be teaching intense subjects. Uh, and I have a hard time with that because, I mean, every day could be end times. Um, every day could be your last. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've, people have talked about the end times since the beginning of times. So I just, I think that there's that, honestly, to me, all that screams is fear mentality. And I think Rhonda has that. She's afraid of something just like we all are. And she's afraid of something big. And she is putting it all on end times. And I get it. Our world feels like it's in turmoil, but I can guarantee you they felt that way in biblical times as well. Um, and so that's where we're told to seek Christ, to to seek his peace, to chase after him and listen to the Holy Spirit and have discernment to figure out how we live our next day. Um, not to prepare for the end, um, other than to, honestly, if, if we want to narrow it down, we're just supposed to go tell other people about Jesus, you know, and that's what it should be. It shouldn't be scaring people into thinking it's end times and that, and that's, see, this is the thing. I think this is what I'm trying to get to is that you, to use fear to get somebody to follow Jesus is that I have an issue with because to, 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 to use fear, to use anything like that to get somebody to do something that doesn't make it real like that just doesn't make it their choice they're doing it out of fear they're doing it out of concern and if you can't do it because you're just in a place of love and that's what you genuinely want is that faith even yours right and that's that's where i think i get i, I get once again uh frustrated well, it's manipulative and it's that old school like fire and brimstone you know teaching that you know hell is upon us hell 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 and it's like but hell is defeated. Like we know that like God has won. So I have no fear mm -hmm. knowing that I have Christ in me and that I'm saved by grace. So 
I live every day knowing that his death, as awful as it was, was for me. And there's so much freedom in that. Like, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me so that I didn't have to suffer. Um, and so this whole idea that it has, that it's going to be hard. It's like, I have a, a friend who is going through seminary right now, and it is hard in the sense that it's like, it's a lot of biblical knowledge that the rest of us aren't normally taught because it's so much history intensive. Like it's history, 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 heavy stuff, but I don't see him like suffering through it. It's so much information. Like, I don't know what to do with all this information, but it's amazing. It's but I don't see anybody coming out of the farm feeling that way. Like everything that they learned was like, oh, this was incredible. Like the people that contacted us, it's like, this was awful. I was afraid all the time. I was, it was heavy. It was dark. I felt like this weight that I just couldn't release. Mm. Um, in this, they haven't formulated their schedule completely, but they talk about community service. And we've talked about community service in our first season. There are stories that talk about community service and what that means on the farm. It's hard, hard, hard labor labor, um, that some of it shouldn't even be legal, uh, to be quite honest, but I agree with everything you just said. And, um, something that came two things. One thing is that, um, we're never, we are never guaranteed that we won't suffer. We're never guaranteed a suffer free life. And, um, that's part of taking up the cross and walking with it. And, um, by all means, if you're not ready for that, you're not ready for that. There's no shame in that necessarily. It's just, it is what it is. Um, and two, my question is, and we've gotten, we've heard stories um, of uh, basically the farm prepping, kind of like a doomsday prepping thing where they've got potentially ammo hidden in places. They've got food prepped in case of end times or, you know, tough times, whatever. Um, and my biggest question to that is, um, why would you prepare for end times if you know that you're saved and you know where you're going? Um what are you afraid of? Right. That's my question. And I, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing, there's nothing against, you know, like prepping for disaster, doing things like that. But if it's end times and your and Jesus comes, we're gone, everybody. We're gone. We're not sitting here having the fight. And that's what, that's what confuses me a little bit is why are you prepping so hard for something that potentially you're technically, if you say what you say is true, you won't be here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just something to think about. And if you guys have anything against that, come at me and let me know because I'm happy to talk about it. But that was just a thought I had of just using that as just such a fear tactic. And and I'm somebody who I don't like that, but I hate the idea of all that stuff. I literally, I my worst nightmare is getting blown up. Okay, guys, like I'm a real person over here. I have weird, <laughs> I, I have weird things I'm afraid of. But at the end of the day, like, so somebody like her could probably snatch me up in two seconds and I'd be like, oh, this is it. Like, I need to prepare for this. I want to control every single outcome because I don't want that. And that's where I'm like, I, I can't even like, I don't blame anybody for, for being there and feeling stuck there. I probably would too, but, but isn't there, there is a Bible verse that literally tells us to not worry about tomorrow and prepping for the end of times is literally worrying about all the tomorrows and not focusing <laughs> mm-hmm. on today. So it's right. a complete contradiction of what we are told. Don't worry mm-hmm. about tomorrow. Tomorrow will right. have its own thing to deal with. Like worry about today. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I was there, I was down there. I've seen their preparations. I mean, they've got food for years. Like you want to call yourself a Christian organization. Why don't you use that food to feed the homeless, feed the needy, Right. put it towards something that is useful versus this worrying about all the tomorrows that you might never even live through. 
these right. I mean, there's end of times. Like, well, the end of times are coming. We've known that since you know Jesus was here. Like, he was coming again. So when, I want to enjoy here because you know we only do get this one life. So yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, there's I mean, there's countless uh, Bible verses that state you know even like with a farmer eat all of your food that day. Don't leave stuff for tomorrow because he'll provide tomorrow. Like there's so many accounts of that stuff. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, like we said, we want to be biblically sound in this. And so, um, you know, uh, we'll try to share some more, uh, whatever we can to just kind of show evidence to give you actual factual things to, to, um, critically think about and ask questions about, so we can work through this together because guys, the, the, the sad truth is we're also processing a lot of this as well. Um, and, but we want to do that with you and we want to do it in a way that, um, welcomes those questions and those thoughts and, and even in concerns and fears. So yeah, now, you know, mine, so, <laughs> you know, both of ours. Yeah. True. So, yeah. True. Well, yeah, I guess to, to wrap things up here, if you guys have any questions on this whatsoever, you always know that we're here. Uh, we're happy to even like, from what we've looked at, this isn't copyrighted. So it sounds like we can share it. Um, we're not, we don't want to keep information from you. We just want to do it correctly so that we aren't doing things illegally or getting in trouble. Cause obviously that would not help us. Um, and so we welcome, we welcome, we welcome questions all the time. Um, please ask. And if you, if you're, I don't know if you felt a strong emotion by this. What even if it's against us, come talk to us about it. Like we 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 want comp we're okay with confrontation. We want those hard conversations. We want to be able to walk through this because at the end of the day, especially it's one thing to be have Christians against non-Christians, right? That seems sometimes that happens, right? We just don't see eye to eye. But to have people who believe the same thing be at war with each other that just that's not that's not the way it's supposed to be and so we welcome um those questions those thoughts those concerns if you're concerned where we're at please come ask us um come we're 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 ready for it we're here i mean we just want to be here and be transparent so um we welcome that and uh if we hear anything else about it, we'll let you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Fran, do you have anything else to say? Thank you to everybody who continues to, you know, send in their stories and support us. And if we can support you with by sharing resources and connecting you to anybody um, that can help guide your healing a little bit better and faster, or you don't even know where to start, like we have those resources, you know, for you, because ultimately we do want to see you healed and if the farm didn't do it for you, we want to be able to have someone, some buddies mm. that are skilled and are professional at doing that because freedom is what Christ wants for all of us. So thank you for being here and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Farm Project Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new releases and updates. You can visit our website at www.thefarmprojectmo.org. And for more information, you can follow us on social media at thefarmproject underscore mo. Do you have a story to tell? You aren't alone. We will respect your privacy if you do decide to share it. Our goal is to warn others and also take solace in a shared grief. Have a question about the episode you just heard? Hop on over to
following the link on our homepage.